Welcome to the first ever episode of Swamp Donkey Radio. It is our new MLB podcast presented by We Got Ice and John Boy Media. I am your host, Lorenzo, joined by producer Ronnie. Ronnie, say hi to the people. First ever podcast. They got to know that you're here, man. What's up, people? That's Ronnie. He will be producing every episode. This will be our solo MOB podcast. Jack will not be on it for anyone who was wondering. He'll probably make a few appearances throughout the year. But for anybody wondering, what is Swamp Donkey Radio? It'll be a weekly baseball podcast covering all the fun news across baseball, Major League Baseball. I don't know, maybe some college baseball stuff happens. We'll talk about it. Anything cool going down, we'll make sure we cover it here every Monday. And it'll be fun because that's the most important part of talking baseball. I've always loved sports radio. I listened to it like eight hours a day as a kid. Like I was obsessed with it. I would wake up. First thing I would do is I'd find like my old iPod and I'd be like, dude, I'm going to listen to this until literally the station turns to CBS radio. And I wanted to kind of find an outlet for myself to do that. And this would be this outlet. So we'll do every Monday during the season. And then if anything cool happens, like a trade, a big signing, a really insane series, like a bra or something, we'll hop on and we'll do an emergency episode throughout the week. But Enough of that. Let's get into what we have on the docket today. We'll start off by talking some spring training notes. We are only six days away from the first spring training game, Ronnie. Doesn't feel like it. It does not feel like it. We're in Feb. Spring training games in February never feels like it. Always feels a little weird to me in my head because pitchers and catchers reported this week. So that's pretty cool. So we're only six days away. Let's talk about all the major headlines that are going to happen. We'll also have an MLB tier list. For people wondering, it's not your traditional tier list, so make sure you stick around for that. We'll talk a little bit about the Red Sox stock and the State of the Union, as I am a Red Sox fan. So, unfortunately, you will have to hear me wallow in misery for about 10 minutes. And <laughs> and then we'll get to five MLB topics that I want to talk about, including MLB expansion team. At the end of every episode, we will read five questions from the comments. They can be baseball questions. They can be sports questions. They can be life questions, like, should I use this hot dog as a straw? Should I not? We'll get to them every week. So make sure you comment below and we'll read your question live on air at the end of every episode. Let's get into our spring training notes. First topic, Kyle Bradish will start the season on the I.O. He has a UCL tear as reported first by Jeff Passan. Second half of the season last year, he had the best ERA of any starting pitcher, which I did not know until I looked it up. If you told me who had the best ERA last year in the second half, first guess, Garrett Cole. Second guess, not Kyle Bradish. (laughs) But he finished fourth in Cy Young voting, which is really impressive. And on top of that, before the injury, which is really unfortunate, they just traded for Corbin Burns. So Orioles fans all around were feeling really excited. They just got an ace, former Cy Young winner, Kyle Bradish, who was in contention for the Cy Young. And they got Grayson Rodriguez is his name, right? Yep. Who's supposed to be nasty. So he's coming to his second year. Hopefully he blossoms. Unfortunately for him, he's going to start the year on the I.O. It's always my least favorite part of spring training. Is you get to see all your favorite players, like the videos. Like, yeah. did you see the the glass now video? Yep. Where he oh, was pitching, the Otani taking BP, which just felt it felt magical, man. It's it, seeing baseball back again. It just brings something in you. It brings a joy. Yeah. It's like that first sunny day after you're stuck inside. Yeah. It's like 50 degrees out, yeah. and you convince yourself, "Hey, dude, it's warm enough." And then the next day is like 30 degrees, and you have to accept the fact that it's still winter. But baseball was this close, so I'm gonna get excited for it. Now, with the Bradish injury, it does kind of change the outlook for the Orioles a little bit. They say he's going to try to pitch through it. I'm assuming they'll start him off pretty slow because there's no reason to rush him back if he has a UCL tear. You don't want to lose him for the entire year. It does open up the whole Scott Boris client potential. As Blake Snell, 
two-time Cy Young winner, who's, in my opinion, you know how the, all these video essays on YouTube, shout out Jolly Olive, uh, who make all these video essays about baseball players? I feel like I need to see one about Blake Snell, the most interesting two-time Cy Young winner. Yeah. That's crazy. He won it in the AL. He won it in the NL. He's what? a free agent, yeah. and nobody signed him, and we're in February. But maybe this injury, and I'm assuming we'll get a couple more injuries out of spring training, is the whole plan for him and Montgomery, Dylan Cease trade. Maybe they're just waiting it out if you're Scott Boris, get that big contract. I don't think the Orioles are going to sign Snell, even with this Bradish injury, injury. But it is interesting to me because he pitched in the AL East before. If you're the Orioles, you just traded for Corbin Burns, who only has one year left on his contract. So are you going to extend him? Or is this just kind of a one-year, let's go get it? They also brought in Craig Kimbrell because Felix Bautista is out with an injury. Sucks. Dude, finding out, it's always my least favorite part. It's like when Edwin Diaz in the World Baseball Classic got hurt from celebrating. That Maybe that's another thing. Last year, we had the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. So it was like we got a little baseball fix earlier right. than we intended, and now yeah. we're left to starve. Yeah, we've been starving. <laughs> we've been starving, man. Whenever it happens, it's always depressing. But are they? what's the Orioles' plan? Are they all in on this year? Are they going to resign Corbin Burns? Or do they bring in Blake Snell or let Corbin Burns work? Or do they bring in Blake Snell for a seven-year contract and be like, hey, man, let's just go get it. I don't think they will, but no. it's interesting to me. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think this is the first step to a Snell in Montgomery signing is – I don't think the Orioles are the team that an injury would make happen. But if the Yankees or if the Phillies or the Mets had a spring training injury, maybe they finally give Snell the money he's looking for. You want to hear something? Verlander. Let me hear something. Verlander's shoulder. He's out to the summer. I did see that, which is the most obvious thing all yeah. time. At first, I was like, is he even hurt? It's like 45. Yeah, or is he just like, I'm just going to take yeah. the, the spring off. I'm going to go light. Isn't DeGrom and Scherzer also missing the yeah. start of the yeah. season? Yeah. If you're a Rangers fan... I think they should bring back Montgomery. If you're a Rangers fan, you're like, we got Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom just, like, hurt. Are they coming back this year? If they do, like, that's pretty cool. You just won a World Series and they come back. If they're in it in the summer. And they just, oh, Jacob DeGrom's back. First start, July 1st. (laughs) That's like a crazy trade deadline. Yeah, it's the best trade deadline ever. So that's pretty insane. Next on the list, Liam Hendricks. Now, I bring this up because I always find these type of stories really fascinating because we forget about them as the season goes on. But he set a deadline of February 15th to sign with a team. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's rehabbing. He said, hey, if you don't sign me by February 15th, I'm just going to take the time off, rehab, and I'll be available for you at the trade deadline, which is such an interesting twist to me because there's always that reliever who's getting traded. Like Kenley Jansen is on his last year on the Red Sox. He's making $16 million. Everyone thinks the Red Sox, and me too, are going to be bad this year. So probably going to get traded maybe before the season at the deadline. But if you're a team like the Dodgers, who definitely will be in contention, maybe the Yankees, the Padres, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and you're like, hey, we need another bullpen guy. Market's pretty expensive right now. Sign Liam Hendricks. He's been a great closer in his career, and you don't have to give up any prospects. Pretty tempting. So I'm interested to see that we're all going to forget that. And then as soon as trade deadline season happens, you're going to be like, that's a, that's a cool note to remember. And last, last thing, Xander Bogarts just announced that he will be moving to second base this year. What was his contract with the Padres? Uh, 11 years, uh, 300. Did he get to 300? He got 300. I mean, Xander Bogarts is maybe my all-time favorite Red Sox. Uh, yeah. I loved him yeah. when he left. I, was, I think I genuinely cried that day. You were devastated. I was the saddest I've ever been. Yeah. And to see him... Go to second base for the Padres. I think it's so cool for the Padres and for him. Obviously, if 
you're a Padres fan, you just gave him this big contract. I wonder if you have a little hesitation, like he's moving to second base already. But I think it's really admirable because he's his entire time in Boston, he always said, I don't want to be a second baseman. And now he's willing to take that role on, especially after the team had a really disappointing season last year. You have to wonder about, like, was everybody fully bought in? And I think for someone like Bogarts, who's a two-time World Series champion, he's been in the league forever, he's gotten paid to set that tone for this seat for this season. Like, hey, I will play second base. I will take a back seat. I'm fine with that. I think that's a really good tone to set for a Padres team that needs a bounce back year and just lost Juan Soto. Maybe he's a most hyped and not hyped, uh, one of the best young players in baseball. So good tone all around. I did want to end this segment on one thing. Ronnie, what was your favorite move of the offseason? Give me one. Favorite move? There's sneaky been a lot. It's been I, a lot. It's, it's been slow. Slow, but a lot. It's been a slow. It was like a, it got off to a hot race. It's like the yeah. Kentucky Derby. <laughs> hot race, yeah. Um, Otani is carrying the offseason right He's now. He's carrying. But I think my favorite move has to be Solaire to the Giants. That's a good one. That's a recent one, too. Uh, I think that move has made me buy into what the Giants are doing. I like that. We are, I feel like a Giants love is going to be established on this show because I'm also in on them. Yep. I think they're fun. I liked the Robbie Ray trade. Mm-hmm. I like the Lee signing. Yep. I like a lot of what they're doing. And they brought in Bob Melvin. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I like what's happening there. Let's move on to our main topic of the show. Now, this isn't your ordinary MLB tier list because my brain doesn't really work in an ordinary way. I want to talk about our official Swamp Donkey power rankings. Now, this isn't a power ranking. We're going to rank who's the best team, who's the worst team. And we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about what teams you should be excited to watch because I'm a Red Sox fan. I watch a lot of baseball, and you probably watch a lot of baseball if you're watching this. And I want to rank which teams you should be most excited to watch for this season that aren't your favorite teams. So if it's your favorite team and they fall in one of these categories, you know, they're not my favorite team. I'm a Red Sox fan. We have four tiers, Ronnie. We got our first tier, which is my favorite tier. I want you to skip spending quality time with the people you know to watch this team. So maybe you had a, a dinner reservation that night. No, it's, it's over. Sorry. Baseball's on. <laughs> Baseball's on. Honey, I'm sorry. Don't talk to me. But I'm not changing the kids tonight. <laughs> yeah. Our next tier, put it on a second screen. Mm-hmm. You got your favorite team on. Maybe you're watching a new Apple TV show. What show are you recently watching, Ronnie? Um, I'm kind of between shows, so I'm rewatching. You're, a, you're a free agent. I'm a free. I'm rewatching Succession. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. well, if you were a free agent, I was gonna say get up here. We'll make a decision. <laughs> now, so put this on your second screen. Is our next category, our third category. Just check for the final score. I mean, we do this in all sports, guys. You don't gotta watch every game, but you want to know what happens. So you have the MLB notification on. Maybe you hop on Twitter. Maybe you come watch this show every week and you get your updates. And then our last one, only if you're desperate. We've all had desperate decisions when you order that Grubhub Wendy's meal at 11 a, 11 p.m. It shows up at the door cold, half spilt. <laughs> you don't want any part of it. And then you're like, all right, but I'm desperate, man. Post DoorDash clarity, man. <laughs> Post DoorDash clarity is a real thing. A lot of us are suffering it from out there. So those are our four categories. Let's start with our worst category, only if you're desperate. There's some obvious ones here. The A's, I mean... I think even an A's fan would agree that they're only going to watch the A's this year if they're desperate for baseball. You got the Rockies, the Angels, without Otani. I mean, last year, I think they were put on a second screen just because the Otani factor. Now, they still have Trout, which made me think about moving them to the third tier here, but we'll keep them on only if you're desperate. You got the White Sox, the Nationals, the Pirates, who I'm high on, but we'll leave them here. And then my Red Sox. 
Which one of these teams would you be most excited if you had to choose one? Um, I'd say the Angels because of Mike Trout. Just literally solely because of him. Hey, way to be a safe answer, man. Yeah. <laughs> literally just to see his at-bats. That's, a, that's fair. I agree. Yeah. I would go with, not including the Red Sox, I'd go with the Pirates. They had a really fun April last year, and I was buying. I am very quick to buy into a team. You don't have to do much to impress me. Like a two-game winning streak, if you're 2-0 to start the year— I'm throwing a World Series parade. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this team is special. So they're probably the team I'm most excited for. Get to watch Key Brian Hayes play defense. That's always a good time. So I'm in on them. Moving to our next gear, our next tier, we have check for the final score. Now, this is an interesting one. There were some tough calls here. First, we got the Brewers. They won the division last year. So a lot of you guys are probably like, hey, they're a really good baseball team. I agree. They are. They did trade away Corbin, Bur- uh, Corbin Burns. They brought in Reese Hoskins. I've always... Liked the Brewers, but I feel like there's not enough star power there for me this year to, like, fully put them on the second screen. Maybe if it's an off night, I'll I'll rotate them in. There's an argument, but I'm going to put them in check for the final score. Then we have the Marlins, whose jerseys alone carries them just for me watching. They're very aesthetically pleasing, which is important. I consider jerseys. I consider star power. Huge. I consider hype. Ballpark. Or a lot of people, ballpark is a big factor. Yeah. If I'm just watching a casual baseball team, you got to have a good ballpark. You just have to. There are some names there. I'm very interested in the year of Sandy Alcantara this year. He's someone I'm going to be invested in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Need a bounce back year for my boy. So we'll be keeping track of him. Next, we have the Tigers, who I feel like could move their way up to put on a second screen, but we'll keep them here. We have the Guardians, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Rays. To be honest, I'm really happy with this 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 grouping of teams. Yeah. None of them none of them I'm putting on a second screen. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest, I'm just checking for the final score. Honestly, and I think you met, you said the Guardians and I was just like, "Oh, you're not watching the Guardians." Dude, you're I, watching Succession. <laughs> I, I might for me, I might even consider bumping the Guardians down to desperate. Whoa. Cuz let's not make any rash decisions. J-Ram, it's the first episode, man. <laughs> J-Ram, that's all they got. J-Ram, there's got some guys over there. I guess they still have Bieber, too, but Bieber's kind of down. I mean, if he gets... Hmm, they're always kind of good, though. Yeah. They're always just kind of good. So, you got so you know what? I, I, this is a good We're time. just checking for the final score, because you know they're going to be 41 and 41. <laughs> we yeah. all know it. And fighting for the division. And then we're going to be like, they're only one game out? <laughs> yeah. So, what are we talking about, yeah. though? Next up, we got put on a second screen. This is my favorite niche genre of watching sports. When I watch sports, I'm never fully interested in the best teams unless I'm rooting for them. I love finding, like, the 500 teams, like the ones that are two games under 500, two games above 500, and just dying for them. Be Picking one of them and being like, no, this is the team that's going to be better than everyone expects. So this is kind of that category for you guys. First up, we have the Mariners. I'm biased. Yep. I love all Seattle sports teams. I don't know why. I just I'm addicted to them. I want them all to succeed. So I'm going to be watching the Mariners, and you want a big reason, star power. We got Julio over there. We do. That's checking off a lot of boxes. I was really into the rumors of people going to the Mariners this yeah. offseason, but then they decided to trade people away. They traded away Robbie Ray, Ijuanio Suarez. Yeah. They didn't really do anything. They traded Kalenic to um, the uh, Braves. I definitely said that name wrong. Kalenic? Dude, that's uh, dude, one of the— know, I'm like over eight. There's like I hear so many people pronounce it differently, and I know there's a correct pronunciation. I always just botch it. So they kind of had a disappointing offseason, but I'm still going to buy into the hype. After last year, they were so hyped up, too, to make the playoffs mm-hmm. again, and then they didn't. Mariners, I'm back on the bandwagon. Yeah. I believe in you. 
We got the Padres. Super disappointing season. Last year, we kind of touched base a little with the Bogarts signing. They have all the star power, man. I mean, you get to watch you Darvish pitch. You get to watch Joe Musgrove pitch. Manny Machado. Tatis. What year is he going to have? Platinum. I mean... He's really good. So he's, we're gonna watch get to watch him again full season. MVP season loading. MVP season. What are the I wonder what the odds on him winning MVP are. It, it's it's plus like a thousand five hundred. Like it was like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And i that's like the best bet ever. That's a good bet. I mean, you're gonna get to watch a full season of Tatis, who was the most electric player in baseball, still is one of the most. Still. And Bogarts, who I really like. So plenty of star power. Good pitching. They should be better than last year. I'm hoping, even though they lost Soto, I'm hoping this is one of those addition by subtraction teams mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, we lost Soto, but now we got a little bit more of an identity. You know, we got pitching. We brought in Michael King. Who was the other guy they got in that trade from the Yankees? Oh, the other catcher, Higashioka. Yeah, maybe bring a little veteran presence. You know, yeah. everyone can kind of establish themselves. So I'm hoping that they have a better season. And they're in that 10 p.m. slot, which is, we all know, there is a Goliath in that 10 p.m. spot. But they're going to be playing them a lot, yeah. which means they're going to be much, much watch games for me. Yeah. I'm really excited for those. Then we got the Astros. Now, they should be in our first year of skipping, uh, not spending quality time with your family. But they are, the regular season doesn't really matter to them anymore. They're no. going to be in the DS or the ALCS. Remember last year, they won the division on the last day of the year. And everyone else was like, oh, they're kind of having a down year. So if you want to watch some good baseball, there's always Bregman and Alvarez and Altuve, but I feel like they've reached that point in sports where they can just turn it on. They're at the Chiefs level or the pretty Cavs much, level. Pretty much. Where it's like, yeah, they're going to have regular season struggles, but they'll be there anyways. Then we got the Cubs, one of the teams I'm most excited to watch this season. I love teams with potential and young players. They got a lot of, a lot of prospects, seven top 100 prospects. Now, they could trade some of those. You got Pete Crow Armstrong, who got a little taste of the major leagues last year. He's supposed to come back up. There's a lot of potential there for them to be really good. By really good, I mean win the division or be bad. They did lose Stroman. They haven't uh, brought back Bellinger, who I really think they should. So there is some fluctuation there, and I don't know how the season's going to pan out for them. I'm not making any predictions on that, but I'm excited to find out, and that's all it takes for me to put you on a second screen. I just want to know what they got. And there's a lot of questions in the division. The Cardinals were really bad last year. They'll probably bounce back a little bit. The Brewers, they just lost Colton Burns, who won a Cy Young. Didn't they lose uh, Woodruff, too? They did. He's gone as well. So they're kind of their front of their rotation has been completely revamped. Interesting to see how that goes. Could be a, a bloodbath in that division. Speaking Honestly. of the Reds, now I know a lot of people aren't excited about central baseball, but that's why it goes on a second screen. Because then you get to watch the Ellie De La Cruz at bats. Is he for real? I'm ready to find out. And they're a really fun team. They had that stretch last year. Didn't they win like 10, 13 in a row it or was something? Like, I think it was 12, and it was really fun. It was just like home runs and stolen home exactly. plates. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for, a yeah. team that can give you like two weeks of just electric baseball, and yeah. then you come into work the next day, or like you text your group chat and you say, guys, are you watching the Reds? And yeah. you're all in. So I'm in on that. Then we got the Twins. Didn't love their offseason, but they got Royce Lewis, the Royals, and the Giants. So the Royals and the Giants – Kind of, I don't know why they're always paired in my head after they played each other in the Honestly, World Series. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're stuck together. The Royals just re-signed Bobby Witt, so that's fun. And they made a ton of small moves this offseason. I'm also the Royals are like the Mariners. If you've been following We Got Ice a while, thank you. If you're new, they're kind of like our darlings. We always just believe in the Royals. So I believe in them again. Hopefully they're good. And then or just like kind of average, so I can put them on without feeling dirty. <laughs> like if I t- came in and like, hey, I watched an Oakland A's baseball game last night. 
someone might recommend like I get a hobby. But if I say I watch the Royals and they're like kind of 500, I'd be like, okay, you like baseball. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man. And then we got the Giants, who I'm really excited for. They brought in, is it Ho Lee? Is that his last name? How you pronounce Holy. it? Yeah. I was deep diving. On him, I need like a YouTube video explaining his whole his whole career because I'm really excited about him. And they just brought in Bob Melvin over from San Diego, and I was interested to find out like how for the Giants they've been like kind of slumping since they won that hundred game season. And Hassan Kim was on the Padres; he struggled when he first came over to the Padres. And then Bob Melvin got there in the past two years; he's been really, really good. And now for Lee, he gets to have Bob Melvin as his manager as he adjusts to the major leagues. And I think that's a really fun story, and I'm interested to see if that actually translates to anything. So they're fun to keep track of. They just replaced uh, Gabe Kapler's manager. Like Ronnie said, they brought in Jorge Soler. They're a second t- They're a second screen for me. Yeah. I believe in them. Or last year. Now, this might cost you some relationships, but it's worth it. First, we got the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers. Otani. The first Yamamoto start is oh. a marquee calendar day. Yeah. You have a Google Calendar notification. <laughs> he's, not, is, he's not the opening day starter, will, will he? Ooh, who's the opening day starter for the Bueller? Dodgers? Is Bueller healthy? Well, they're starting in Korea, right? Against the Padres? I believe so. And it's before spring training ends. I don't think it'll be Bueller. Maybe Glass now. Could be Yamamoto. Could be Yamamoto. I, I doubt it's Kershaw. Ish, if it's Yamamoto at 6 a.m. on opening day, oh, dude. people are going to wake up for that. Yes, yes. And I, that's, see, that's what I mean. You're skipping quality sleep to yeah. watch the Dodgers play at 6 a.m. Yeah. So. My point has been valid. Rangers coming off a World Series win. Like I said, plenty of star power. So that kind of explains itself. Also interesting to see how they start the year because they kind of have a two-year, like a two-month span before anyone's going to get worried. Like they could be under 500 in June and you'll be like, they won the World Series last year. Give them time. So it's not right out of the gates you have to watch them. But by the end of the year, you got to be locked in. Then you got the Braves. They're good every year. The Orioles who I think are the must-watch team. If, like, a new person or someone who wasn't a super big fan of baseball or a fellow Red Sox fan was like, hey, we stink. Who should I watch? I'm pointing them to the Orioles. Corbin Burns, Jackson Holiday is the number one prospect in baseball. He's supposed to come up this year. They have so many fun guys. Phillies. I mean, Bryce Harper, JT Riamuto, J- uh, Trey Turner. They're my dark horse for signing one of these guys late, like a Snell or a Montgomery. Like, if Snell's like... I'll do a one-year deal for crazy AAV. Or Montgomery says that. I don't think it'll happen, but that'd be fun. Then we got the Blue Jays, the Diamondbacks, who had one of the sneaky funnest off-seasons. Yeah. And probably, like, the best, mm-hmm. besides the Dodgers. They brought in Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Jock Peterson, Eugenio Suarez. They brought in some guys. And then the Yankees, who, I mean, they're the Yankees. I don't like them, but they brought in Juan Soto. They have Aaron Judge, the reigning Cy Young winner. A lot of stuff to be watching there. I mean, this just got me excited for baseball. If that didn't get you excited for baseball, then I don't know. Maybe maybe I should do a better job next time. <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe I should just lock it in <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. Moving on to our next topic, we have my little safe space. We're going to talk a little Red Sox baseball because I, I need this venting session. I got to get it off my chest. We're going to do this a lot this year. We'll do like a monthly check-in on how I'm feeling about the Red Sox. Hopefully... It's because they're like in a wild card race and they shocked the world. But let's start off with the big news. The Red Sox and Netflix announced that they will be doing a documentary together. It's been kind of cool to see out of spring training, like the Netflix crew, like filming the Red Sox. And there was a lot of other options for teams in my head that this could have been. I'm assuming this was agreed on a couple, like a year or two ago. Um, It's kind of the inspiration from the quarterback documentary from Netflix. NBA is doing one. 
Uh, Ronnie mentioned before F1 is doing one or did one. Yep. Kind of like the origin yep. of all of this. So that's pretty cool to see. And as a Red Sox fan, I should be really excited that they're doing this. And I am because I expect them to be bad and we'll break that down a little bit more. But if they have a magical playoff run or if they're a wild card team and there's footage of like those locker room talks and Cora managing and all these young guys blossoming and bonding together, I'm I'm going to be a happy man. So I'm rooting for that, but there's a lot of a lot of concerns about this team. Yeah. I do think there could have been some better picks for like the pilot of a series like this. It is the 20-year anniversary of the 2004 Red Sox, so there will also be a documentary about that coming out. So kind of kind of correlates together. But I feel like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Phillies, maybe even the Orioles, if you're trying if you're baseball and you're trying to market like a young team with all this fun potential to a new audience and with Netflix. Red Sox are great for me, but I do think there are some better candidates for a series like this. Last year's Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks would have been a great... I'm hoping the Red Sox are the Diamondbacks of this year. Oh, yeah. Which is such a mindset change as a Red Sox fan, which is what we're going to get into, is that that's what my hope is. But, I mean, if the Diamondbacks had a unreleased, full-access documentary, that'd be awesome, that'd be dude. Yeah. Especially when they went down 2-0 in the, the playoff series to, to the, the Phillies. Phillies. Oh. Like, the, the vibe. Like, how, what was the behind-the-wall conversations there? So, this could be... This is going to be awesome for me no matter what. But it's going to start a really cool thing for baseball fans. Like, Hard Knocks. Baseball needs it. Yeah, baseball needs it. Do you watch Hard Knocks? I don't, but it looks cool. <laughs> it does. I don't watch it either, but it does look cool. But I'm hoping this is MLB's version of that. Quick State of the Union on the Red Sox because I got to... I got to address the pain that I'm Quick. going. Quick. <laughs> if I go too long, Ronnie, you're allowed to pull the plug. I'm going to reel you in. Yeah, you're allowed to be judge and jury on this. Okay. But I want to talk a little bit about, because I do think this is very relevant to the season, baseball season up, at, up and coming, about the state of Red Sox fans. It's pretty bad right now. It's probably the worst it's been in my baseball knowing life. Uh, I did find a little bit of a comp in 2011 is kind of the chicken and beer infamous Red Sox September collapse year where they collapsed to the Rays on the last day of the season and they didn't oh, make the playoffs. That, day. that was the chicken and beer year. That kind of started a pretty weird five-year stretch for this Red Sox team. They went third in 2011 after they collapsed in that horrible September. Then they finished 12, uh, fifth in 2012, had that awesome World Series win where nobody expected them. History repeat itself this year, please. And then back-to-back fifth places. And then they won the AOE three years in a row. So they kind of turned it around really quick, which is what the staple of this Red Sox ownership and tenure kind of been. It's very bipolar. Past five years, in 2019, they finished third after winning the World Series. 2020, fifth, 2021, they went to the ALCS and lost to the Astros, which was, I was thinking about that series the other day, and I was like, I took for granted being in the ALCS. <laughs> people forget. Uh, people forget. Yeah. It was a Correa watch moment. Yeah. It was a... Uh, it was a whole thing. And then finished back to fifth place back-to-back years. So I don't think they're going to go on a free three years in a row winning the AO East now. But it is an interesting pattern. It's not the first time as a Red Sox fan I've experienced this. And I wanted to highlight that because this feels really different. It's only 10 years apart. But the tone of the organization is very... It's like there is no tone. There's no aura. There's no energy. It just feels dead and a continuous rebuild. It feels like we're trying to be the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Rays, but are having no success. We just fired Hein Bloom, brought in Craig Breslow, and there was a recent press conference, which is really alarming as a Red Sox fan. Alex Cora was asked about his last year coming to this, coming into the season as the last year of his contract, and he said, 
I don't want to talk about it. When to ask about the future of managing the Red Sox. Now that's pretty common for like someone who's in a contract negotiation. You're not going to public, publicly come out and be like, hey, yeah, this is what's going on. So I'm, that's not what shocks me. But the couple quotes from that really did surprise me. One of them was talking about last year and two back-to-back last place finishes. They asked how he felt. And he said, I felt awful health-wise, energy-wise. It was bad. I can't let a game dictate who I am as a person or what I have to do. I feel really good and that he doesn't want to manage another 10 years. Mm. Now, that's really, I mean, that's kind of huge for a team that's in last place for two straight years. And there's no sign of immediate improvement. I mean, the whole pitch as a Red Sox fan that I'm buying into because I'll believe anything to get good baseball games is we have a young infield. We got Vaughn Grisham from the Braves, who a lot of people are really high on. And I'm excited to watch. Tristan Casas had a great year last year. Marcelo Mayer has been one of the best prospects in baseball the past few years. There's a bunch of guys that people believe in. But that's not a one or two year fix. I mean, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be the Orioles. And how long did that take? Like three, four years before we got last year where they finally popped onto the scene. Mm -hmm. And even then, I mean, I believe in the Orioles, but they lost in the first round. They didn't win a playoff game. Swept. It's a long process if you're going to go as a young guy to the championship route. Like it takes a while and it doesn't really feel like Cora is interested in or the Red Sox haven't paid him. And from this, it sounds like, hey, I'm only going to be managing like eight eight more years, man. I don't think he's going to want to be with the Red Sox in another long rebuild when ownership has shown no signs of signing anybody. I mean, this offseason, they have, they've been rumored to make two free guys. And when asked about them, they're always like, oh yeah, that was just too expensive. Yamamoto, he was too expensive. Jorge Soler isn't a great fit for the Red Sox, but they weren't even close on signing him. And there's still guys out there like Snow and Montgomery but nobody believes that they're even in contention for them. And before the season even started, we're talking about trading Kenley Jansen, who was awesome last year, had like a revival season for him. And we're talking about trading him before the season even starts. Like we didn't sign Bogarts. We didn't sign Betts. There's a lot of issues going on right now. Traded Sale. Traded Sale. That's a great call. I forgot about that. We traded Chris Sale, who like I'm fine with that trade, but it does signify like, hey, we're getting rid of money. We're going younger. And Corey is kind of the last staple of that 2018 Red Sox World Series. He's like the last consistency this organization has had where the Red Sox are not known for consistency. They're known for just being bipolar. Mm. And the whole point of bringing in Cora and then bringing in Hein Bloom was to establish a consistent pattern of winning. And there's been none of that. So if he leaves, it feels like he is. I mean, that's, I think it's really significant for the team and the future of the franchise. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out next year that they're selling the team. And that would be great. I mean, the Orioles. You'd want that, yeah. Uh, the um, the Mets. But then there's cases like the Angels where they don't sell. And they <sighs> just keep holding on. And that's my biggest fear. So I'm hoping we need some answer. And this year is going to determine a lot. If they finish last again, I mean, something's got to give. They did make some weird moves this offseason. They traded Verdugo to the Yankees. Good for you, Ronnie. I'm happy for you, man. Doogie's a Yank, baby. I mean, people talking about him hitting leadoff is... Dude, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. He's going to hit leadoff on a really good Yankees team. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just out of Boston. He had issues with Cora, and that's another sign of why the Cora thing is so alarming to me because whenever there's an issue, the organization backs Cora, gets rid of the player, whether it's a GM, anything. It's always Cora is our guy. He survived Dombrowski. He survived Bloom. This is third general manager where he's been manager. Like, that's crazy. That doesn't happen in baseball. So... Really worried about that. And they brought in Tyler O'Neill and Lucas Giolito. Look, I like both of those players, but Corey Kluber was our opening day starter last year, and now he's retired from baseball. So it's kind of it's concerning overall. I'm pretty upset 
I'm in the dumps about it. And that's why I will be watching Oakland A's baseball as well as Red Sox baseball this year to kind of find that satisfaction. But do you know what you also be watching? What? The, the Netflix doc. That is true. I'll be watching the Netflix doc. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. The scariest thing for me, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the vision in general, is that, I mean, the Yankees got Juan Soto. We kind of forget that. I forget sometimes that I'm a Yankee fan. I mean, that's the biggest... I'm, that's like probably the biggest move besides Otani this offseason. Absolutely. And he is a Yankee and he's in a contract year, so he's gonna be awesome. Like and he's be, gonna and then if they resign him for ten years, we got Judge and Soto in the division. And then the Orioles super young. They yeah. just got Corbin Burns. Yeah. And then the Blue Jays, I know that they're kind of disappointing a little bit. Yeah. But they're still really good and young. This is their last year to be good and young. This is kind of, I think last year might have been their last year to be good and young. This year I'm still excited about them. But like if it's May and they're mid, I'm out. They give me Buffalo Bills energy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Vladdy like Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like their window's kind of closing. Yeah, kind of. So like they gotta they gotta really step it up. And they this haven't year. really hit the peak that you hoped they would hit. Oh, they've yeah. been they've been near it, but they've never gotten to that level where you expect them to. Have they not made the playoffs? They made the playoffs to the Mariners and they blew that seven two lead, remember? Yeah. And they lost like ten to nine. Oh my god, dude. That was that was tough. So, yeah, I mean, the division is, and then the Rays are the Rays. So, if you're the Red Sox, you're firmly in last place. Firmly. So, firmly. And I'll talk myself into a Trevor Story, Vaughn Grisham infield any day of the week. Do you even remember Trevor Story as a Red Sox? I forgot Trevor Story was a Red Sox. I did, too. <laughs> and I watch every game. <laughs> so, it's tough. Is he healthy? He is. It's a third year. Okay, good. So, hopefully he stays healthy and has a good year. And I, I believe in him. He seems like a good leader. And the infield is there's some potential. Devers, Story, Grisham, Casas. Like, I'll buy into that infield. I mean, I'll buy anything you're selling me. <laughs> <laughs> you, can you can tell me Ronnie is picking it at shortstop, and I'll be like, he's young. He's a hard worker. <laughs> he's still got the best years in front of him. So I'll buy it. But I mean, man, it's tough to tell me that when I've got to watch Juan Soto hit 50 homers at Yankee Stadium. Oh, God. It's going to be, it's going to suck my soul away a little bit, man. But. Moving on to our final segment, I really, like I mentioned earlier, I loved radio and I really want to bring a, a radio element to this show. So at the end of every episode, make sure you comment what questions you want me and Ronnie to go through and we'll answer them at the end of episode. They can be five questions about baseball, not about baseball, about, I don't know, anything you want. We'll talk about them. But I have five quick MLB headlines and we'll go through them. We'll talk about them and give our opinions as a replacement for this episode. We're starting. We got MLB announced they'll be releasing nine new City Connect jerseys this year. This is the fourth year that they're doing this City Connect program. Was it 2020 when they started? Uh, I forget. Third or fourth. Third or fourth, yeah. But this is the biggest crop we've ever gotten. I yeah. think last year there were only four. It was the Pirates, the Reds, the and a couple other ones. I forget Rangers. overall. Ranger, oh, Rangers were that nice. Really Rangers one. were nice, dude. There have been some really good ones. I think this has been a really successful campaign. Mm-hmm. For baseball, and it's one of the few times that it inspired another sport, yeah. like the NBA did their City Connects. Yeah, well, it's Nike. Nike, true. But baseball started it, and yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So good on you. Best jerseys to do it for, too. True. And it's one, something that We Get Ice has kind of covered since the beginning of it, so I'm really excited to cover it again this year. Yeah. I want to talk about, well, let's predict what team will have the best, but let's start with what has been your favorite to this point. Favorite to this point. Because there's been a lot, man. It's been a lot. I think for me, it's between two. It's and they've aged because like when the San Francisco Giants first came out, 
I liked it. I can't believe you even liked it at one point. Hey, man, give me. I have a mulligan, all right? <laughs> now I hate it. I yeah, think it's horrible. It's one of the worst strategies in baseball. Bad. At first, I was like, all right, Buster Posey. Ew. He can buy me. He can buy me into it. He had a good year. He did. Yeah. After triplets, man, he came back and put up an 800 OPS. Posey in that jersey is crazy. It was crazy. I loved Buster Posey, oh, dude. I miss him. I miss him every day. He was one of those guys who genuinely just retired on top. Yeah. He was like still good. He was like Dwayne Wade. Yeah. He was like, all right, man, I'm done. Um, but my favorite to this point has been the Nationals. I think I know that people yeah. kind of this offseason, Soto was like, I hated them. But, I mean, I have a Nationals hat. I think it's an awesome jersey. Cherry Blossoms. Wh- what do you got? I think my favorite is Texas. I really like that uh, the TX. In Ooh. That, in that that's, yeah, that's a good one. And, like, Seager in, in that Texas jersey. The Angels one's also good, even though it's just kind of the Texas one, but a little different font. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, Angels, it was the Angels in script. Yeah, it's true, true, right? true. So the Texas is like the TX and the cream color. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about that now, and I'd buy that one. Yeah, Jack has that. Jack shirt. does have that the one. The jersey, That's, yeah. You're right. That's a good one. For this year, we got the Dodgers, the Guardians. Now, the Dodgers have already had one, and they failed. Bad. So this is redemption for them. Yeah. The Tigers, the Twins, the Mets, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. It's a lot of teams for yeah. one year, man. A lot. They got to start dropping soon, a, right? A lot, a lot of sales. A lot of sales. The yeah. Dodgers one is fascinating because, I mean, the jersey sales this year are going to be insane. Not only are they selling um, Otani Yamamoto jerseys, they're also selling their City Connects as well. Yeah. You got to buy an Otani regular and a Yamamoto City Connect. <laughs> Glass now. Glass now jersey. <laughs> Betts, Freeman. Okay, all right. There's too many. So too many. which one do you think will be the best without knowing any of the concepts? Just And we'll come back to this as yeah. they get released and we'll decide. Um, if you would have told me maybe a, a month or two ago, I would have said the Phillies, but then we saw the leak. Yeah, that was a bad leak. It was, a tough, it was like a, a tough leak. Remember the Brewers one? It was yes, like the, yes. that was it kind of got similar energy Honestly, from that one. Yeah. And I hated the Brewers one. Yes. It was bad. It was like Brew Crew. Yeah, it was no. not good. I think Sneaky, Sneaky the Rays. Okay. That's a fun pick. St. Petersburg, the trap, you know, mm. there's a lot you can do there. City Connect, so they might do some palm tree sun action. I like that too, because it's always the one that you least expect. Yeah. They come out with the heaters. Yeah. I mean the Padres ones were really good too. Yeah, Padres. I mean this I could see the Rays going a similar style. Though. Yeah. I like that. For me, I'm most excited for I think the Mets could have a good one. Mets could. That one's probably gonna be a really high sold one. Yeah, yeah. I think the Mets could have one. I think I'm going to go with the Tigers, though. Mm. I like the Tigers' uniforms already, and I feel like there's a lot of fun stuff to do with Detroit there, and I believe in them. It's always the smaller market teams I feel like have to kind of shine a little bit more. Can I change my answer? You can change your answer. Twins. Book it. The Twins. The new Twins. I mean, first Swamp Donkey Radio, not to cut you off. The new Twins uniforms are my favorite rebrand in baseball. It's simple but tasteful. It's so tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> that way you just got elegant on I me. Just dropped the tasteful Dude, on we me. did you go to etiquette school or something? Episode one. You're getting taste dude, I know exactly what you're talking when the twins brought their new jerseys out, yeah. I was like, they went from like boring remember when they won like a hundred games and it was like Max Kepler hitting like thirty bombs? Yeah. I was like, I ew, their a jerseys bomb- are bomb- squad. Yeah, yeah. Unwatchable. Yeah. Now I'm putting them on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, hey, what's going I on? I can see them doing like a little like North Star action. You, darn it, you swayed me. <laughs> <laughs> I got swayed live yeah. on air. Yeah. Dude, I could see them. I could see them being really good too. I'm going to stick with the Tigers. We both got an AL Central team going on. Let's just predict the worst. Yeah. We can't, why not? Yeah. Cardinals. They're Gar- too good. Guardians. This, yeah. <laughs> That's also good. I think the Cardinals are going to suffer from we have too good of a jersey. Yeah. It's hard to come 
go like, up from there. No Cardinals fan wants them to wear anything else. No. It's like no Dodgers fan wants you to wear anything but the white Dodgers yeah. uniform because it's beautiful. Maybe that's why the Yankees still even having them in the A's really wants not to have I kind of respect. It's a little cringy that they're not doing it, but it's kind of funny to me as well because, like, yeah. they're not going to make a good one. It's whatever, whatever. They're eventually going to do it. And True. whenever they do, it's going to get a lot of hate from all the old Italian Yankees. There is, it's a lose-lose situation for yeah. them. Like, for the Dodgers this year, I'm interested to see what they do. But I don't think there is a win there because everyone wants you to wear the classic uniforms. Right. Like, it's – you can't – What I don't know what you do. That's why I think the smaller market, like, newer teams have a little yeah. bit more of a fun – because you can have fun with it. Like, yeah. no one's like, the Padres are disgracing their organization by wearing pink. No. But, like, if the Yankees came out and just, like, a, I don't know, a purple uniform, everyone would be like – Burn the stadium to the ground. I don't know. Purple's pretty cool. <laughs> I, purple's one of my favorite colors. So that's our prediction there. Let's talk about jerseys. Move on to our next segment. MLB and Nike revealed the Nike Vapor Premier uniform. If you don't know what that is, you've probably seen these pictures around the internet of the new spring training uniforms. And there's been a lot of backlash. Like more than you, your average like City Connect jersey, we don't like it. Even players are getting involved. Brought it to the MOBPA as well as the MLB on replacing their jerseys because they don't like them. Outfielder for the Angels, Taylor Ward said that it looks like a replica. It doesn't feel like a $450 jersey. Which, when you're revealing, if you're Nike and Major League Baseball, and you're revealing a whole new market of jerseys, probably not what you want to hear from from your players, being yeah. like, these don't look like real jerseys. So that's a that's a kind of a, a big story that's going on. I mean, I hate them. I've, you've seen them. They're, they're bad. The names just look awful. I mean, the font, I mean, uh, the lettering, yeah, like it's, it's, it looks like it's ironed on. It's like uh, you went to a Michaels and got like a cricket machine or something. It looks horrible. And I don't like the curved on the name. No. It's so harsh. It's like you're in MLB The Show making your custom uniforms and you just go a little too hard. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, these don't look as good as I thought they were going to look. It's interesting. The, I have found it interesting that, yeah, like players are actively like speaking out against them, and it's the third day of spring training when we're recording this. And the fact that some of the athletes are Nike athletes, like Mike Trout is a Nike athlete, so he's like, I love these jerseys, I'll die for them. And his teammate is like, These stink, bro. Yeah, I, I'm out on these. Or like, um, Dansby Swanson is a Nike athlete, and he in this athletic article by Steven Nesbitt, so shout out, it was a good article. He noted how. He's a Nike athlete, but he was just giving, like, light critiques of the jersey, which is just a funny, because you got to imagine, like, behind closed doors, he's like, dude, I he hate sucks. this. Yeah. But in front of the cameras, he's like, I don't agree with all the decisions that were made. <laughs> I would have gone a slightly different you route. You political. He got, you have to go political go sometimes. Political. So those jerseys stink. Hopefully they change them before the season starts. Next, we got Rob Manfred, who announced that his last year's MLB commissioner will be 2029. I don't really have an opinion on this. I mean... Thanks for the heads up. I appreciate it. I mean, at least he didn't wait till like a last minute. And he was like, hey, I'm not coming. He was like, guys, five years from now, I'm walking. Honestly, I think it probably would be better for him to like be out, out the door kind of like closer to the to 2029. Because yeah. now for five years, all he's going to hear is, you're leaving, so why don't you just leave right now? That's true. I like, wonder, I guess like I didn't really care. I will be interested to see like what's his last... Because five years is a long time, but it takes forever to get anything done in professional sports, like to make like big decisions. Like how long did the pitch clock take? It took like four years before yeah. they were able to enact it into baseball. I wonder like if I'll have one thing. He's like, I want to finish this before I leave. He did say he had like a couple things that he said recently that he wants to do, at least before he wants to implement a free agent signing deadline. 
Oh, okay. He said, well, he did say that. I like, saw that. Like December, like he wants a free agent signing period and yeah. then there'd be a deadline. That'd be sick. That would be awesome. I wonder but, if like w- if that would be the thing he decides to push for. I don't know if the PA is going to allow that. Who knows? But then he also wants to um, do the have the process of expansion teams started, like the foundation laid. Ronnie, what a, what a segue, dude, into our next topic. Did you, there was a rendering going around on Twitter of potential MLB stadium in Salt Lake City. And it looked really, really cool. And it opened up the potential of uh, the people leading the expansion team, I'm sorry, were preparing, hey, we can start building this stadium by the end of the year. Here's what it would look like. And that opens up the idea of expansion, which has been talked about in baseball for quite a bit now. And with the five years remaining for Manfred, I like that a lot. His last thing is, let me get an expansion team Mm -hmm. in baseball before, you know, I'm done being commissioner. the bucket. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why that got me. Kick the bucket is such a crazy face. It's, it's a crazy. It's thing. a good phrase though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Keep it together. I'm sorry, dude. That was funny. But the four, the potential options for an expansion team. Obviously, we got Utah. Nashville is kind of the layup. layup. I think everybody and like. You got to hit your layups. Put a team in Nashville. That would be awesome. Yeah. Portland is one that I was actually reading up on. They've already made a pitch to baseball about it. The same as like Utah has. Like this isn't a new thing for them. Maybe they don't get the publicity because I guess Portland's not as attractive a destination for expansion team. True. I don't know if it would work out for them, but I like the concept. I mean, you got the Trailblazers. They don't have any other professional sports teams there. You got the Sea Dogs in minor league. True. I mean, I like the idea. I don't think it's the sexiest pick for no. baseball, but I kind of like it. And then my pick that I really want to happen is Puerto Rico. Ooh. I mean, it would be the jerseys, oh, the players, God. the vibe, the stadium. It would be awesome. And yeah. it would probably be good for baseball, too. Absolutely. I mean, having a professional baseball team in Puerto Rico, it would be awesome. The tra- I'm assuming like tra- travel... For players, would be difficult. Imagine Seattle to Puerto Rico. I mean, that's a tough. That's, that's a tough flight, man. Like Fifteen hours. Yeah, it's a long flights. There's a lot of logistical errors, but I don't care about logistics. I'm just going off pure vibes, and I think as a vibe, that would be awesome. Puerto so, Rico stray cats, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Maybe we get a couple expansion teams in the next few years. Either way, I was pretty excited when I saw it. It looked awesome. I think that about wraps up our first episode here on Swamp Talkie Radio. Thank you. If you guys made it to the end, make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and comment your questions below. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday after that talking about the baseball world. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.